You are now listening to the Think 180 podcast from Inc. 180 Ministries in Chicago, Illinois. Hello and welcome. Please stand by. I heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? Well, it goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall and the major lift, the baffled king composing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> hey everybody, it's, uh, it's Chris from Inc. 180 in uh, Oswego, Illinois. As always, joined joined by my friend Kyle Craning. Hey, what's going on, everybody? That, of course, is uh, the amazing song "Hallelujah." But uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're going to edit out the SNL part of the end or yeah, not. It will be. That was uh, the songbird Kate McKinnon. Actually, is one of our favorite versions, and we're looking for a, mm-hmm. a good version of it to use this morning. And Kate McKinnon killed it when she sang it on saturday night live absolutely powerful powerful how are you guys doing um hope everybody's well and we're uh, we're recording this episode 17 of the podcast i i say that and i stress that because we were when we recorded episode 16 i kept calling it episode 15 and i think kyle had a fit when he was trying to edit it all down and i i listened back i'm like wait we do episode 15 twice no i was screwing with my head man i'm just out there sometimes so yes this is in fact episode 17 we're happy that you guys joined us um thanks so much to everybody who's been um sharing the podcast reviewing the podcast getting it out there telling your friends about it Uh, we really appreciate that please continue to do so uh, we're recording here a couple days before Christmas. It's the 23rd of December, and uh, we were off last week. And uh, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk today, um, just kind of about the events of the last couple weeks in, in my life here and what's been going on. And it's been a, a difficult couple of weeks for sure, um, for a few reasons, and um, certainly nothing compared to the difficult uh, time that a, a couple your families are going through and and we're going to talk about that but uh so anyway we'll get back into it also want to apologize i've had bronchitis for the last week and uh so if i clear my throat please uh accept my apology but uh, it's been interesting interesting week health wise but i'm I'm good now i'm on the mend, just in time for christmas so first i want to start off by um talking about something that happened last week and uh, the reason we didn't record last Saturday, uh, you guys, if you've um, kind of followed my work or, or followed Inc. 180 for whatever length of time, it's it's pretty likely that you've heard me talk about someone in, in my life that is incredibly, incredibly important and special and such a huge piece of my, my story. And that's uh, my original counselor, or mine and Lisa's original counselor, Joan Guest. And uh, if you're not familiar with, with Joan and her story, I'll, I'll give you the, the brief version of it today. But uh, Lisa and I <clears throat> walked into, well, let me back up. Lisa and I were having a really tough time in our marriage about seven and a half years ago. 
and we uh we asked some friends you know hey where'd you guys go you guys were going through some tough times where who'd you talk to what counselor did you go to and you know we lisa and i both agreed that we wanted to work on our marriage and and didn't want anything bad to happen we didn't want to get divorced or anything like that and people kept recommending the samaritan interfaith counseling center in naperville and a counselor named joan guest so after like the seventh recommendation we kind of looked at each other and rolled our eyes and we're like, well, they're God people, but, you know, let's check it out. It might not be that bad. And, uh, they've helped, you know, she's helped so many of our friends. And so we set up an appointment and uh, we went in and I, I went in wearing shorts and t-shirt and tattoos all over the place and my chucks and like, I don't care. I'm not covering myself up for anybody. I don't care what they think of me, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, we, we walk into this room and, and Joan, guest walks out to the lobby to greet us and, and take us back for our appointment. And we've joked and I joked with Joan numerous times about this. She, she looked just like the church lady from Saturday Night Live <laughs> and uh, super conservative, you know, uh, really like tight kind of perm hair and, but sweet, like from the minute we met her, she was just a, a sweet, sweet person. And anyway, we, we went back and we had that initial kind of uh just throwing everything out there like this is what's going on in our marriage this is what chris did this is (laughs) this is what you know is what's going on and and it was hard it was one of the most difficult hours of my life for sure for a lot of reasons but um at the end of it she uh, you know i'm getting ready to grab my sweatshirt and get ready to walk out we had booked an appointment for the next saturday and we're lisa and i were both really excited to work with joan and we really thought she was gonna be a huge help and she absolutely was and then she looked at us and and she said uh oh guys you know i like to offer to pray for my clients before we leave for the day and i was like Ugh. like here we go you know these these church people always trying to cram jesus down your throat <laughs> mm-hmm. when you're vulnerable and uh so i you know i i looked at lisa and rolled my eyes and she kind of did the same thing. I looked at Joan. I said, Joan, you know, if you think it's going to make a difference and it's going to help, please by all means go for it and pray. And she did. And, um, I absolutely no doubt 100% experienced Jesus that, that minute, that time that she prayed that first time. And of course, every time after that, um, and that, sent me to church the next, the very next day I was in church. And then, um, six months to the day from that prayer, I was in on a rooftop in, on a mountain in Haiti, putting new roof tin on a church building. And it was because of Joan that I found him and that my life was transformed. And she was a huge part of that transformation. She, Joan helped me to forgive my, my dad forgive myself, um, to just to look at my life different, you know, and way different. Um, and to show me really what I was meant to do. And, you know, when I had been praying and praying, cause she was my counselor for quite a long time. And we discussed ministry. We discussed Inc. 180 when I thought, you know, this is what God wants me to do. He wants me to start doing this work and doing these free gang tattoo removals and cover ups and stuff. And, she encouraged it. She, and when I doubted myself, there were so many times I doubted myself and I was like, I just, who the heck am I to be thinking I should be doing this? Like I'm not qualified to do this. I'm just some, some, 
you know, idiot that finally found God and is like trying to get my act together. And she, she kept telling me like, no, you're made to do this. You need to do this. And if that's what he's telling you to do, you need to do it. So she, you know, along with a very, very small group of people, you know, her and Lisa and, you know, a small group were the ones that really encouraged me when, when we started the ministry. And Joan had to retire a couple of years ago because she, she had been fighting cancer. She, um, she fought cancer for six years. And I mean, she fought it like hard. She was a, a monster against this, this mm-hmm. cancer. And, and she was determined to fight it. And she did. And um, I got a, my pastor, Jeff, um, about, what was it, last, a week ago, and on Monday or Tuesday, he messaged me and he said, hey, did you hear about Joan? And I said, what are you talking about? He said, she passed away and it hit me hard. And uh, about 20 minutes after I got Jeff's message, <clears throat> I got a message from her husband, Judson. Now, Judson, I had met a few times, and um, you know, he and Joan had come out for the um, the premiere screening of our documentary at the Paramount Theater in Aurora, and so I met him, and he he uh, worked over at the Apple Store in Naperville, and every time I would go over there, I would like seek him out and ask him how Joan was doing, and he'd give me an update and we'd talk. Just one of those guys is just like, you could see why he was married to Joan. Just a sweet guy, really nice, just um, fun to talk to. Um, and he just has a great background and everything too. And um, he messaged me, which blew me away. Just, you know, he wanted me to know what happened and um, wanted to tell me that they were having her services last Saturday. Uh, in Aurora and invited us to come out. So I, of course, uh, there was nowhere else I was going to be last Saturday. So that's why we didn't record, but uh, it, um, it was an amazing thing. I, I, I say, I always say stupid things. And when Lisa and I were walking into Joan's funeral together last Saturday morning, it was typical cold, you know, winter Chicago morning. And I looked at Lisa, I'm like, man, I just, I don't do funerals well. And she looked at me, she's like, does anybody do funerals well? (laughs) Right. And she was like, yeah, once again, honey, you're right. We walked in and I saw Judson and, and talked to him for just a few minutes. And yeah, it was, uh, I, you know, these things are never easy. For anybody, and I don't, I don't care if somebody's uh, death is unexpected or if they've been fighting a, a, a battle like cancer for six years and in hospice care and, and all that. It's never an easy thing for anybody. Um, and I had thought about it a lot that week, <laughs> um, and it was I was really torn about things because. I was so sad that she was gone. Um, sad for her family, sad for everybody that she worked with and everybody that she knew. She, she had impacted so many people. I had friends 
that we had referred to go see Joan after we started go see Joan that called me that a lot of them are out of state now and they had seen the, um, the video tribute that I posted on the Inc. 180 page and they're like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe she's gone. Like this is what she meant to us. So it was really cool to hear so many people with that. Um, and to see that the impact that she had made on so many people. And then um, we walked in. We were very early. Um, there there were kind of two parts to Joan's funeral. There was a kind of a f- time to, to go and talk with the family and stuff. And that was from 10 to 11. And the funeral was at 11. So, you know, we got there at like 10.01. And... I wanted to make sure that I got a moment to speak with Judson and just convey how how much uh, we love Joan and what she meant. And uh, we, you know, we got that chance and, and got to do that. And <clears throat> then we walked into the sanctuary where um, her daughters uh, Nori and Joanne had put together just a an awesome kind of video. Um, uh, scrolling pictures and music and stuff that that Joan loved, and we sat there for the better part of an hour leading up to the funeral and watched that, and it was it was pretty awesome. It was very awesome. But the thing that was even more awesome is we're sitting in this you know this pretty good sized Baptist church in Aurora, and watching people just like stream in. And I thought about it and, you know, Lisa and I have talked, I, you know, I've been to a lot of funerals, a lot of, a lot of funerals for friends and, and stuff when I was younger. And, um, I always, it makes you think of your life for some reason and, you know, just how brief life can be and, <clears throat> you know, what we do with that and how we leave a legacy on the world and, you know, how many people we touch and and all that. And I was like, man, this is a big church. Like, how many people are they expecting? And I was like, I knew Joan had made a huge impact on a lot of people. Um, I knew it wasn't just us. And that church was packed full. There were people standing in the back. There's probably 350 people in this church. And I looked at Lisa and I was like, wow like that's that's what's doing it right and the the thing i thought about you know was you know lisa and i have talked for some reason we talk about this often i don't i don't know why but i always tell her i'm like you know if something happens or whenever i go like i don't want a funeral i don't want i don't want it to be in a church i don't because not that church isn't important to me i just don't want that like i want everybody to get together have a beer and then leave. Like, I don't want to have, um, I don't want to have sadness. I know there's going to be, I guess maybe one or two people be upset, but, uh, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. It was hard, man. Like they had a, a part. I, I made this video the day after I had heard Joan passed on the ink 180 page, because she is such a huge part of ink 180 and like my life and Lisa's life. And, our marriage and our family and everything else and every, really everything we touch it, a lot of it is due to to Joan and what she did for us and we got there and we were reading through the program it was beautiful and everything and <clears throat> there were some amazing people that that were doing songs and, and different things and 
readings and and there got to be a point at the kind of the almost the end of the service where people could stand up and share stories and i i looked at lisa and i was like i feel horrible but there's no way there's no way i could have done that i mean i was on a video i broke down so hard i had to almost stop and redo it because uh, i was so just so upset you know i mean for Joan, I'm super excited. I'm super happy for her because she's not in pain. She doesn't have to suffer. She's not dealing with cancer and chemos and radiations and checkups and blood counts and all that garbage that she went through for six years. And But the thing that, that I continue to think about that just continues to make me smile more and more is, man, I imagine the welcome she got when she got to heaven. And... <clears throat> I don't want a funeral. I want that. You know, like, I know it was like crazy celebration in heaven when Joan got there. Right. You don't have to worry about her. She's having a fine time. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I know the music's good up there this year. <clears throat> um, but, man, it's just like that. And that's the goal, right? Like, that's why, that's why we do what we do. Um, anybody that serves people, that's why you do what you do is like, so when you get done, you hear those words that we all want to hear job, well done, good and faithful servant. Come on in. That's what I want. Um, but man, it's just, (laughs) it was so cool because the people that were able to share stories, man, they were impactful. And I just sat there and listened to story after story and story. And it was like that whole, Hey, that's like, yeah, like us too. Like, that's how she was, you know, and it, it was cool. I, I know it was awesome to, to Judson and, and Nori and Joanne. And, um, but I, I did, uh, when I talked to him before the funeral, he did say that the family did get a chance to watch the video that I made and that they were, they really appreciated it and they loved it. And so that I felt good about that, knowing that they were able to see that. And, <clears throat> but it was just, absolutely incredible incredible woman um she will be missed she you know but you know she'll continue to live on because she'll her legacy is going to live on for a long time i mean with every every person she ever worked with and every person that i heard those stories man her legacy lives on in all of us and everything we do here like we we want to to help that live on and we will continue to tell joan's story and until we're called home so just an amazing amazing woman with an amazing heart and an amazing gift you know i talked about it in the video like people are like well you know tell me more about joan i'm like well she led me to jesus she did a lot of things she helped me forgive myself my parent or my, my dad really um just to move past and learn from a lot of things in my life but like to the the biggest thing she ever did for me was she led me to Jesus and she taught me how to pray with intent. And a lot of people pray. Um, a lot of times it's dashboard confessional. Please guys, please God, let me get home and I'll I'll never do this again. Kind of thing. That's how my old way of praying was um, when I was younger. But and she taught me how to pray intentionally and to just dial into stuff. And it's it's something that I work on all the time using the lessons that she taught me with it. And um, I'm going to keep doing that for a long time. So that was, uh, that was last week. 
And then we came in here. That's, that was Saturday morning. Saturday afternoon, we got we raced back to the shop after the the funeral for Joan, and we had our Christmas open house, which uh, was nice, you know. But it's hard because you're going from something that's so deeply emotional and and kind of draining, and you gotta switch it on to like happy guy mode and and welcome people in and talk. And and I love that, you know. It really did help um, to talk with people after being there. And, um. So thanks to everybody who came out and and checked out the shop and said hello and ate some cookies so I didn't have to eat them all and it was just a, a nice time. But uh then came home and and uh went to see Star Wars again for the second time. So we'll talk about that at the end, but we're going I know we're going to talk about Star Wars. Me and Kyle can't get together without it. But uh <clears throat> then I got sick. I got bronchitis and you know, for me, I mean, if you know me, you know that it's a big deal for me to miss work. I I don't typically like to miss any days if I can if I can avoid it. But I got hit pretty hard on uh, on Monday with this bronchitis, and it was um, some. It's I every January I get bronchitis. I don't know what it is, but this year I apparently decided to overachieve and get it a little bit early right before Christmas. And usually when I get bronchitis, it then turns into pneumonia and it's just something I've dealt with for my whole life, really. And I was at home and uh, Sophie did a great job of, you know, holding things down here while I was gone. And um, I'd been talking to, you know, I I think I mentioned on the last podcast, in fact, I know I did that um, my pastor Jeff and his wife, Marissa were uh, very close to having their baby, and um, Jeff and I had talked over probably the last month, month and a half, about how um, he had wanted me to to uh, do the message when Marissa had the baby, and so they could ha- just spend some time together with their family and enjoy that time. And I said, absolutely, I'd love to do that. And we kind of planned it all out, and then uh, I got a phone call on Tuesday, and. Jeff was letting me know that um, they had lost the baby at 38 weeks. And I was just, I, I was just sick for them. Um, there's really no other way to describe it. I just felt this pain for them. And I just, I, I was stunned. Like we, our whole church family, just stunned for them. Just so sad for them. And I was like, Jeff, like, what do you need me to do? And he said, well, I want you to do a couple things. He said, I want you to um, to handle Christmas Eve for me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and he said, I need you to just kind of help coordinate information with people. Just they needed their privacy, of course. And they didn't really want to be answering phone calls. And I said, absolutely. You know, any, if you, anything you guys need, you just let me know and I'll kind of do that. So. I sat there on Tuesday, just, just really in shock. Um, he asked me not to say anything until they kind of announced what happened. And I, I did that. I honored that. And the next day, uh, Wednesday, they had, uh, both Jeff and Marissa had put messages on Facebook and said, hey, this is, this is what happened. Um, but please, just right now, we just don't want to talk to anybody. We want to have some privacy. And, I mean, who could, who, who could blame them for that? I can't even imagine. Um, 
So I started, I sat there and I, I started thinking about it and it's like, well, it's Christmas Eve on Sunday. We have three services, 9.45, uh, 5.30 p.m. and 11 p.m. And I'm like, the church is so sad and so devastated for them. The how do I go? I mean, when you're, when you're a pastor or a minister or, you know, an elder at a church and, and you get an opportunity to do Christmas Eve, that's usually like, oh, my gosh, this is like the Super Bowl. You know, it's Christmas Eve and Easter, you know. Right. Like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. I get to do this. And I have not felt that at all. It's just all I have felt all week is, dear Lord, how am I going to do this? Like, first of all, how am I going to do this emotionally? Anybody that knows me, if you've seen any of my video, I'm an emotional, emotional guy. And I'm an emotional disaster just because we love them, you know? So I'm like, how am I going to? do this and what am I going to even say because here it's Christmas Eve it's supposed to be excitement and happiness and you know all these different feelings because we're so excited because it's Christmas and we're celebrating Jesus and yet we're looking down four or five days later of this just horrible horrible sadness so I uh I reached out and thank God I've got a lot of friends who are pastors and ministers and of different types and different denominations. So I, I started calling people and I'm like, I need help. I need some guidance. And, you know, I didn't want to bother Jeff. I wanted to respect his wish and just give them their time. And uh, so I started calling friends and I'm like, All right, well, what do you think? And I, I got some, some really great advice and I got some really tough advice too. And some of the stuff I was like, yeah, no, probably shouldn't say that uh, just because I know our church family, you know, and I have that advantage, I guess. But um, I just I want to thank everybody that I reached out to that took the time to sit with me and talk and, and listen and just kind of give me some some ideas. And I'm going to use a little bit of of all of it um, tomorrow morning when I do this message. And we uh, so that I said we have the three the three uh, services for Christmas Eve. The 945 is more of our traditional um, service where I'll do the message and, and all that. And then we have the 530 and 11 p.m., which are a, a very brief message and then <clears throat> music and some readings and stuff. But I, uh, I've prepared this thing, like I said, with the help from a lot of friends and a lot of people that know Jeff and Marissa too. And, um, I'm just praying I can get through it. I'm I'm doing like dry runs of it. Like I've done like 15 of those uh, just so I can get through, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like program myself right. <laughs> uh, mentally to, to do it. And I'm like, and I just keep taking myself back to like, you know, this is nothing compared to what they're dealing with right now. And actually today, as we, as we record this, they're, they're downstate having a, a private family uh, funeral for baby Griffin and, so our thoughts are with them today as they do that. And Christmas time, I'm just dealing with all the emotions that are, are running through their life right now. It's just so hard. And you know, I was thinking about it, like the last few weeks, I've, I've been in kind of like this down feeling, kind of like over, mostly over little stuff, you know, and it's just like, 
like God uses these hard, horrible things uh, that happen in our in our circles, you know, not even directly to us, just to kind of remind us, like, uh, hey, that's not really a big problem that you're dealing with. Like, look at here's a big problem, and you can help these folks with their big problem, or you can whine about your little junk. Um, so I was like, yeah, I didn't didn't really need that reminder in this way. Um, but, uh, you know, our, our thoughts and everything go out to them. And, uh, you know, I met with um, my friend Joyce, who's another elder at our church. And we kind of were like, all right, well, what do we got to do? Like, let's let's get the bills paid. I don't want them to have to. And Joyce is the same way. She's like, she's awesome because she's like, I don't want them to have to think about anything related to the church right now. Like, let's get the bills paid. Let's get the make sure the money got to the account. And um, what do we have to do? We have to raise some money. And we did. We we. <laughs> We were, um, we were short, you know, it's, it's a tough time of year right now. So our offerings were off a little bit and some beautiful friends kind of stepped up to, to fill that gap and make sure that the church was okay. And, you know, thanks to, uh, I just want to say thank you to our friend, Sean Mixon over at Parkview for what he did and, uh, everybody else that jumped in, helped get that taken care of so that Jeff and Marissa didn't have to think about it. And, um, I when uh, when this all happened when Jeff and Marissa made their announcement on Wednesday I put a post up on the the Big Life Facebook page and different social media stuff and I was like hey uh if you know with Jeff and Marissa's post they you know they had asked us to kind of let them have their time just to to grieve right now and that's so so important um if you need anything or if there's any questions related to the church or you know, any information you need or any contact you need with the church, please call me. Here's my cell phone number. My cell phone number blew up this week. And the thing, the thing with that was, it was a lot of people wanting to help and like, what can we do? And can we take them food? And like, what do you need done at the church on Sunday? There's a lot of people that wanted to step up and that was awesome. And I really appreciate that. And, um, I, I, we did talk to Jeff Andrew and I uh, talked to Jeff yesterday and they, um, they said, you know, if people want to do the food deliveries and stuff, we're going to do that this week. So we're going to flood them with that kind of stuff, whatever their wishes are as they, you know, progress here, we're going to step up to make that happen. But it, um, you know, it, it, I don't know. A lot of people think it's easy to be a pastor. I think sometimes, and when you step into that role, for a short period of time, you see exactly what goes down and like what's happening. And it's, uh, it's been an eye opener for sure. But, uh, man, we've been praying so hard for them and just thinking about them. And, you know, somebody, I was talking to somebody the other night about it uh, from church and they're like, it's just such a horrible time for this to happen. I said, but is there really a good time? I mean, it's, it's horrible. Yes. But, like my God, like I can't even imagine any time right for that happening. I'm like, oh, it just, you know, and especially for some people that we care about so much. I mean, Jeff and Marissa have been like my my and Lisa's best friends since we met them. You know, we we helped them plant this church. They came into town with this this crazy idea. They they left a huge thriving church in Eastern Iowa to move to Oswego to plant a church where only like. 20% of the people that live here go to church like really and we met them um, shortly after I left my last church and 
um, they asked us if we wanted to help them plant Big Life Community Church, and we're like, well, sure, yeah. We started help them start this church in a bar, and I was like, man, this is the craziest cool thing ever, and right. and it's it's been hard. It's been all those things that we all thought it was gonna be. Um, trying to trying to lead people to Jesus in a town where people just don't go to church, and man, it's been it's been an awesome six yeah six years of doing that with these guys, and I've learned a lot from them and. You know, we've laughed a lot, we've stressed out a lot, and we've brainstormed a lot, and it's like, how can we make this thing what God wants it to be? And um, they're strong people. You know, I've talked to some people, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't, like, if that happened to me, I think my faith would be crushed. And I'm like, no, it's, you know, it's definitely not doing that to them. Uh, thank God they have their faith, and that's what's going to get them through this period of grieving. And, uh, it's just, they're strong people. They've been through a lot. They've, uh, gotten through everything. They'll get through things. They'll, and this is something that's going to hurt their, the rest of their lives. And you know what though? They have a lot of friends that love them and, and will come alongside them and do whatever they need to do to help when they want to be helped and, <clears throat> and to give them their space when they need it. So. Thoughts and prayers to Jeff and Marissa, to Clive and Reese, and you know the their families, their extended families, their friends, their church family, Big Life Community Church, the community of Oswego, because their you know their their impact is far reaching from just certainly just the church. I mean, uh, our church is involved in a lot of community events, and that's important to us. You know, we say that church is great, you know, one day a week, but let's get out there the other six days of the week too and, and do things in the community. So a lot of people out there thinking and, and praying for Marissa and Jeff and their family. And we're going to go in there tomorrow and, and I'm sure battle through some tears and, and, uh, you know, give them the best Sunday Christmas Eve services that we can. And it's going to be awesome. The music is going to be amazing. Um, my message is, you know, put together with the, the help of about 15 awesome ministers and pastors. So, um, I'm giving all them credit for it and for helping me put it down on paper to what I would, what I've been thinking and what I want to say. Uh, and it's a Christmas message. It's, and Jeff told me, he texted me the other day, uh, yesterday actually. And he just said, Hey, I, I don't want this message to be about us and to be about loss. I want to just do your message. I was like, oh, got you. And I think it's, you know, I, I've, uh, I almost never write out a prayer. Um, it's just not my style. It's, I let the spirit move me and however he's going to do that. Um, but I felt this was different. Like I, I wrote it out and <sighs> I, uh, I want it to be super, super intentional. Not that it isn't always, but, um, I, I put my, thoughts down on paper and and um i've got that prepared for tomorrow too just because i know like jeff has called me before and said hey chris you know i've got this thing or i'm sick can you do the message this sunday and i've had it where it was like a day or two before i'm like oh yeah no problem i've always got one kind of in the hopper you know and um this is just totally different like i'm gonna have my notes and i will refer to my notes because i don't want to miss anything i don't want to 
I don't want to mess up anything. <laughs> um, and I just want to you know, do it for Jeff the way he would do it. So if you're, well, this'll, this'll air after, but, uh, Jeff and Marissa are going to need a lot of people coming around them for a long time. Um, whether it's praying or, or helping out at the church or helping the family, whatever it is. So, uh, just be praying for Jeff and Marissa Mitchell, uh, great people, great friends who are going through a hell of a hard time right now. <sighs> so, Man, it's been a rough two weeks, for sure. But um, very eye-opening, very... Like, God has shown me a lot of things in the last two weeks, I'll say that. Um, what's really important in life and, and what really isn't. What should earn our concerns and what shouldn't. Um, so thanks to God for that, too. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a really interesting 14 days. But um, anyway... Next week on episode 18. Heading into 2018. Yeah, right? How ironic is that? We're, um, we're going to do our 2017 year in review, and that might be like a four-hour podcast. I have to do part one, part two. Yeah, right. Um, trilogy. <laughs> trilogy. Here we go on Star Wars. No, it's been 2017, man. It's been an interesting year. I, I got to be honest probably one of my most difficult years um that i can remember i mean so much went on the the tragedy in vegas the the hurricanes the sexual misconduct um you know all the people that we lost um personally and you know people in entertainment music and music is such a big thing to me and we lost so many amazing people um but I want to talk about the top moments of the, the year, too, because there was some good stuff that went down. And I want, just, I want to pray. I'm going to do some praying for 2018. And um, also, you know, if people have any questions, I'm going to post this up on, on uh, the Facebook page. If people have any questions they want us to answer, we'll do a question and answer segment again because people really seem to like that. Um, I want to go out of this year on a positive note and go into 18 on a positive note. But, uh, man, what a year. What a year. Um, but one, I don't want everything to be down and sad today. I want to talk a little bit about something awesome and happy. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars. So, Star Wars. when I was a kid, I have very, <laughs> I said I didn't want to end this on a downer note, but <laughs> when I was a kid, like, I have two, I have two positive memories with my father the first one was we would sit down and watch mash all the time <laughs> my favorite show of all time um still is every every weekday i watch it on uh, tv land two hours worth it makes me happy the other was star wars i'll never forget when the very first star wars movie came out um my dad picked me up from school and took me to see it in the theater and I was blown away. I thought it was just the coolest thing ever. And I was hooked. And <clears throat> yes, I am one of those people that goes the first day it opens to the first screening. Um, because it's just, it's, it's what I do. It's my, it's one of my things. And 
So I've kind of passed that on, <laughs> tried to pass that on to my daughters. Mackenzie's kind of like, eh, she's, she could do with it or without it. She doesn't care. My little one, Quinn, she doesn't care at all. She, she just doesn't get into it. She thinks Dishonor. it's lame. Oh yeah. I, well, you know, <laughs> there's always a black sheep, you know, but, uh, but my son, Tyler loves it. And I don't know if he loves it because I love it or if it's just something we do together, but I think he loves it. So I, um, when, you know, Fandango put the tickets out there for sale, I, I snatched those up pretty quick. First showing 7:30 PM last Thursday night. And uh, we went to see it. And I've seen a lot of, I don't know, I guess I don't want to say mixed reviews, but there's some mixed reviews. There's, there's, so, so let me say this. There's two kinds of people that love Star Wars. Okay. There's people like me that love it just because it's an escape and it's fun and it's, you know, it's different. It's, it's exciting and, and all that stuff. And there's other people that take it way too far. And some of those people online have taken things way too far. Like they do with anything online. Yeah. But it's, oh, it's so frustrating because, I mean, Star Wars to me, I mean, that's one of the, next to Ghostbusters, it's yeah. Star Wars, you know, if not 1A, 1B, yep. they'll switch spots all the time. But it's one of those things that just, you know, every time I watch it, you recall when you first saw that movie or you oh, yeah. first felt that moment. And, you know, it has a lot of connections with, you know, being a, a believer in yeah. in Christ and just you know, the force, I mean, all that stuff. It's just, it, there's so many similarities and parallels. And when it just, it, it amps you up, it makes you feel good inside, Yeah. you know, just as it would. And it's, oh, I just, every time I see a new movie, it just, it's like, yes, another one. Yeah. You know, it just means so much to yeah. a lot of people. Take and my money. It's fun when you, go, <laughs> when you go to a, a showing, when a new one opens and it's a packed showing and yeah. people are clapping, they're cheering. Yeah. And throughout the movie, you know, there was a, there was, I want to say this girl, this chick was probably in her younger 20s. Mm. But I mean, she was so excited for this movie. Every time a character came on screen, she was like bouncing up and down in her chair, just kind of like silently clapping. And it's just like, that's the people I want to see this it's movie fun. with. You know, it just, oh, it just, it brings so many people together too. Yeah. And there's been documentaries on that and everything, but. Ah, I can't say enough about it. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I have friends, you know, uh, Veronica and Mike Matthews that are part of this, this group called the 501st and they have like the legit costumes that they've built. They've, they're not just like going to a store and buying a costume. They buy a kit and uh, we know this because we hosted a group of them uh, about six months ago. We have a garage space here next to the Inc. 180 facility that we store the RV in and the mobile unit. And uh, they came in here on a Saturday morning and spent the whole day building Stormtrooper costumes. And they're legit, authentic, mm-hmm. like molded. And they have to take them. And they've got Dremel tools. They're like, you know, grinding down the corners and making them perfectly smooth. All It's really yep. cool. It was cool. But what they do is even more cool. I mean, it's not just that they have these costumes and they go to, they go to Comic-Cons and stuff like that. They go to like, children's hospitals and visit kids that are sick and you know there are all kinds of cool events that they do um, just in the community um, that's fun for them that really makes a huge impact on the community it's it's fun to see what star wars does because it it, it does a lot of things it erases 
um, differences that people have. It's like, it doesn't care if you're Democrat or Republican, it doesn't matter who you voted for. It doesn't matter, you know, what you believe and, and all that. It's, uh, it's one of those things that it brings people together. And uh, right now, I think we all know that if anything can do that, it's a good thing. So I love the movie. I've seen it twice. I'm going to see it again. And it, uh, it was pretty amazing. I'm not going to spoil anything because there are, I know there's still some people out there that can't, I believe it or not, have not seen it yet. Just kidding. When you were talking about, you know, counting down the days you're going to go see it. And I knew I wasn't going to see it Thursday, Mm -hmm. you know, having two kids changes that a little bit. Younger kids anyway. Um, and it's, with everything going on with us, it was, oh, it was torture sitting at home just knowing I had friends just going to see it. I know they're having fun, but it's just like, oh, I just want to see it so bad. Yeah. And you turn on the TV and you're seeing commercials, and it's like, oh, I just want to go right now. Well, and it was hard, too, because like after I got out of the theater, the first thing I wanted to do was go online and be like, oh, my gosh, this is like the coolest thing. I, you know, but, right. but you can't spoil it for people. I know this because um, one of my friends, Rup, uh, Rupert's out in California, <laughs> When the Force Awakens came out, he hates Star Wars. Let me say that. he's not a he's not a fan. He's a great dude. I still love him, but he's he just doesn't get it. Right? He comes. Out, he went to see it the night it opens. He comes out and posts on social media. I can't believe they killed Han Solo. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, oh. I had I had just come out of the theater too, so right. I, luckily it didn't spoil it for me. But I would have been so outraged, man, if if I had not seen it yet he's like oh it's just a stupid movie i'm like yeah but you know that stupid movie is a lot to a lot of people so yeah. don't do that but um yeah it's it's been most of my friends now have seen it that are gonna see it so but uh, i loved it it's it's fun man. Yeah, it's, it's one of my favorites i i thought it was one of the best ones so mm-hmm. Definitely. some people are mad i mark hamill's mad but he's old so whatever he's a grumpy old man like me but uh, he, I guess he wasn't happy with his portrayal of his character and thought he was kind of soft or whatever. It was like, dude, I thought it was awesome. So He's not 30 anymore. He has to acknowledge that. You're right. But I was, I was thrilled with what I saw from him and yeah. of his character. I thought it was great. There was a lot of great messages in that movie, and they set up the next one awesomely. So it's going to be it's gonna be a tough couple years while we wait for the next one. But yeah. it, now I just have to try and figure out a way to save some money to go out to uh, Disneyland and see the Star Wars land that they've created, because I heard it's going to be pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. One of my friends just went out there for a preview and said it was just unreal. Yeah, I, I can't wait. It's going to be nuts. Yeah, it will be. And it'll be packed. And Disney will do exactly what Disney needs to do, make a whole boatload of more money <laughs> off of people like us. And the, the efforts they're putting into this is no joke, like top yeah. to bottom, A to Z, 110%. Which I, is, I think one of the coolest jobs in, the, in America would be one, be one of those Imagineers that they have. Those guys have the most creative job ever. Oh, I know. They actually had like a thing at uh, Walt Disney World yeah. this past week. It was kind of like an update on everything, a presentation. They had Warwick Davis. Oh, no way. Uh, do the like be the host and they brought out the uh imagineers that are uh working on it from lucasfilm and from disney and it's amazing how they've gone to other countries to look at like their marketplaces because this new area is going to get it's not like anything we've seen before yeah 
in a Star Wars film. It's not Tatooine. It's not Hoth. It's not a Star Wars mall, yeah. right? You're not going to see all Jakku. the different stuff. Yeah. It, and it's, it's just going to be so impressive. You won't believe it. From drinks to food to the character interactions. We're going to have costume creatures and people. I mean, it's going to be 100% Star Wars through and through. Yeah, it's going to be cool. They're going to knock it out of the park. I can't wait. I can't wait. But, uh, yeah, Kyle even brought in his BB-8 this morning. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> it's like mini-scale BB-8 cruising through Inc. 180 right now. It's pretty cool. I just want to thank everybody for all the, the support this year and uh, for checking out the podcast and listening, giving it a shot, and giving us feedback, too. That's important. Uh, I'm, I'm working on all the info for the, the year-in-review show already, so it's going to be pretty awesome. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to bring that to you guys next week. But uh, just Merry Christmas to everybody. I, I hope you guys um, are having a great holiday season. And um, we are too, despite the, these you know couple tragedies that we've dealt with very close to us. And we're praying for those folks and, and really lifting them up and, and supporting however we can. But we, uh, we're also excited for, for Christmas coming on Monday and spending time with our family and just kind of reflecting on how uh, things are in our lives and, and where we're at and where we're going into 2018. So um, God bless you guys. Have a great week and uh, jump in with us next week on the 2017 year in review. Have a great week. God bless.